Witches three gather for one last time in this dire dark woods, having learned all we can about the witchy witchy world for the time being. And as we gather round our cauldron for one more time, we wrap ourselves in a towel, like a fluffy towel, because it's cold. Oh, no. There's a chill. Okay, here and, we and go. It's, it's a big towel, and now uh, like, uh, it has a Velcro spot, so they got a oh, so this is, cozy. It's I almost mean, I, like a this snuggy, is good description, but like I do not have to insulting say. to your life choices. And we <laughs> don our hats, our yes. famous Yes. Uh, well-known hats. Yes. A flat-brim trucker hat uh, with the word episode eight bye-bye written on the front. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and that's as witchy shit right there. <laughs> bro, you know what? Bro, which is... That's I'm witchy. just going to go with it. It's the final episode of the part in the shore. I'll slap on a towel and a trucker hat and talk about witch stuff. Why not? We should relax. Wear clothes that reflect our attitudes. You know a what towel I agree. And a trucker hat. Which is too too buttoned up, like literally. Just Let chill out. Cut loose. Is, you know, chill out on our chilling podcast of Sabrina. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the final episode of part three of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, chapter 28. Sabrina is legend. Oh, boy. Season three. I, I got to tell yeah. you, so I, I've watched this episode a couple of times now. Pete. Ju- Why would you do that? Because I like to study the things that we're talking about, Pete. Mm. You, on the other hand, you watched it and then booted up here into Skype and started yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this so- episode was a perfect meal. You know when you sit down and you're like, ah, I'm hungry, and you eat like 15 courses, and you're like, hmm, those were 15 regular-sized dinners I ate all at once. I would agree with you if you had said you had to eat 15 courses in two minutes' time, because it felt like a ton of shit jammed in, and then a lot of horrible choices that we now have to live with. What? I thought no. this episode was fantastic. Me and too. The amount of like threads they brought together while also setting up... All of the problems for uh, next season, uh, next part, is uh, it's amazing. The juggling at act that Roberto Aguirre Casa does in his television shows is wild. It, it's something that should be taught to television writers. Well, that's cool. Uh, but also, um, maybe there was one huge thing that was left undone and just casually been like, oh yeah, Dorcas not bringing her back. Fuck all y'all. Oh, I wow. see where this is going. Interesting. I mean, I, no, we were going to get eventually. But I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, just to jump ahead to the end, they got a time egg. Time is broken. Dorcas is coming back to save us all, Pete. Trust me on that. Why Why do we trust you? I Are you saying trust. you know I'm going to stake my entire reputation on the f- idea that in part four of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Dorcas is coming back and going what, to save wait, wait, everybody. What? And they're going to say, all hail Queen Dorcas, Queen of Hell. Now, are you saying moving forward, there's no more seasons? It's all just fucking parts? Oh, my God. Oh, my Pete. God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's, that, it's always been parts. You're just going to change over. This, this is just going to be, it's always going to be season two, part 533. There, so far, there have been two, there are two seasons of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The first season. Or three, if you count like a normal person. Pete, you're the guy, Pete, you're the guy at the, at the orgy who's pissed about the hummus. <laughs> can because, I admit like, something, actually? <laughs> can, can I admit something? Just because yeah. this is our last episode of the part. So uh, it is broken into seasons. Part one and part two are season one. Part three and the eventual part four, whatever that comes out, are season two. But I realized, so uh, as I was uploading the files for the podcast, I was uploading there, but I got to like the sixth episode, and I was like, wait a second. Oh, this is in the wrong folder. And I realized I'd been uploading them into a folder called season three. And our season (laughs) two folder is completely empty. There's nothing in it. And I didn't realize that until later in the season. So, <laughs> Pete, wow. you got me. Yeah, because it's 
Confusing for no fucking reason. And that's just a little anecdote about how we file our <laughs> podcast that is going to light up you podcast heads out there. <laughs> oh, boy. I thought you were going to say that you noticed every time I sent you over an audio file, I put season three on it. No, I delete those immediately. All right, let's jump yeah. in and talk about... You well, I think on we the did the recap on the important stuff, so let's dive <laughs> yeah. in. Well, I actually only wrote up... Uh, I didn't write up any recap because we do start off this episode with Ambrose once again recapping everything that's happened, which is that the world ended, the pagans won, the green man took over and we get a ton of information right here which is that in over the course of seven days hell was taken over by caliban the clay man he attacked earth they lost the pagans drove them back and then heaven attacked hell and utterly wrecked it and that's where we're left and as we find out later on we pick up hundreds of years later at this point what a shitty place to pick up. What are you I, talking about? This is great. I love this. Yeah, I like, love this oh, as a device. All the horrible things happened. It just went so shitty. Hey, welcome to the start of the show. Like, what are you doing? Uh, actually, Pete, I don't know if you've really taken it all in, but it got better after that. That was just like a starting point. Right. So yeah, if a you, horrible, horrible starting point. Just as a suggestion, Pete, and I really don't want to spend all podcasts talking about this, but if you start a television show where everybody is happy and content and winning, there's not a lot of places they can go. Pick up where you left off. Oh, uh, I see what your problem is. They jumped oh, hundreds of years forward. So. Jesus H. It well, told a fast story. forward through years of shit. Poor Ambrose is by himself over there losing his fucking mind. If only we don't have to to live that. We know the time, Egg. Don't put us through that extra shit. If only immediately after Ambrose's narration, they jump back to the place where they started literally through time travel, jump back there. Pete, have you been replaced by like a zoo morning shock jock for this episode? (laughs) I'm a little confused at uh, just what's happening, I guess, in general. Sometimes you got to eat dessert first, and that's what they're doing here by showing you uh, the end of yeah. the story. Just real quick, back, are, you, are you hungry? You keep bringing up food metaphors. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I am. No, oh. I'm full <laughs> because I just had this great 15-course meal of Sabrina, and now mm-hmm. it's time for Daddy to get dessert. <laughs> and I want a little See, end no, of the world No, but you ate it first, tart. so you don't get dessert. That's the thing about eating dessert first. If you eat it first, it's not dessert anymore. What is it? Breakfast? Uh, it's the fucking start of the meal, apparently. Then you have to eat broccoli for dessert. It's a dumb idea, is my point. No, that's how the French do it, man. They have the salad second. It, yeah. Yeah, that's... You cool. get it. We've covered a lot of ground so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete, you want to yell any more about dessert or Sabrina or anything yes, like that? I'm going to just be yelling the whole episode, just a heads up. Great, that's, that's great. Do it. Again, I'm not going to use your audio. Uh, so, okay, so we then jump back in time. We see Sabrina comes to save Sabrina, who has been stuck into this clay wall uh, due to being tricked by Caliban. Uh, she switches places with her future self and old future Sabrina says, get the regalia, the unholy regalia, these three artifacts, save Greendale. Uh, and my, we get my favorite phrase where they're like, wait, should we close the time loop? What's going on? I'm very confused. And future Sabrina, who's getting sucked into clay, is like, and just go with it. I, I yeah, love all time travel shows should have that line written into the dialogue somewhere. Just go. With I it. just that's the hardest thing about when you do the time travel. It's like now you have to try to explain it, and everybody has to mention Back to the Future, and then how confusing it is, and then it's just please pretend like it's okay. It is okay. And don't dwell on it. We're just going to move forward. I love the line uh, about back to the future that it's an old movie that Ambrose loves uh real yeah. dig to um everybody over the age of like uh 15 <laughs> um in the episode uh great and i i mean going to time travel i understand uh people like Pete um are hesitant I feel like time travel harms the narrative but i don't yes. think this show is immune to any sort of like uh insanity so like I I was totally on board, and I love the way they take it and uh, and end it, the end the season this way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just to jump forward to the end of the time travel thing, 
I think uh, bookending it with, eh, just go with it. Don't worry about the logic too much. We'll figure it out later. And it does logically make sense. Like, if you think about it and piece it, it does all tie together. But then ending it with them saying, I'm sure everything will be fine with the timeline and the cuckoo clock falling off the wall is the so perfect good. punchline to that. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it drives home the point that this is a magic show. Ridiculous, insane things happen. We have thought through the logic, but it's not like... Avengers Endgame that I think, not to slam something else, but that's something that's worse for the amount of time that they try to spend explaining and logicizing the time travel. Yes. I so, fully agree. And I do think there's a, a telling line sort of right around here that um, the ninth circle is its own pocket of time. Because I don't think that really comes into play at Ninth Circle mm-hmm. of Hell. That doesn't come into play very much here, but I feel like next season... Um, dealing with uh, the two Sabrinas, that will be a little trapdoor to get out of it. Yeah, so let's jump back to it. So Sabrina does head off to hell, which is totally wrecked. She reveals the three unholy regalia, uh, but not only are they there, the gardens, guardians of the regalia are there as well, which includes King Herod, uh, Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Dracula, and the, I don't know, Centurion is what he was, right? The third guy? Sure, yeah. With Pontius uh, Pilate? Yes. I mean, yeah. the vampire, the mustache vampire? Uh, the mustache vampire no, is Vlad the Impaler. Vlad, the yes. centurion was the one who was protecting uh, the uh, yes. Pontius Pilate's bowl. So the yes, yes. guardians show up. They end up following her back to Greendale, which is a great reveal later. Uh, but we also find out a little information. The archangel Michael killed Caliban uh, right before Sabrina heads back to Earth. And I think that does point to something we were speculating about earlier in the season, that we are going to get heaven mixed up by the end of this, right? Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm surprised we didn't get a little bit more of it here. Um, uh, so I do think in the next part, we're going to get some uh, Sabrina in hell, Sabrina on earth, and somebody in heaven being um, the problem. Yeah. Uh, so I, then yeah. we get... Oh, what were you going to say, Pete? I just think it's cool. Instead of like showing cool stuff, you just get a kind of picture of it in a book real quick. We're, I know you don't like reading wordy word pages, but they're going to show it later on. Like this is all, I feel pretty confident based on the first season and based on the way they played out the first half of this season that we're getting all this set up. It is a relatively complete story in these eight episodes, but we're going to come back to all of this stuff. We're going to literally loop back to all of this stuff. Would you say that's maybe like chapter 12 we get that or when would that be? Uh, no, now part, you're just kidding. Part 12? Part four. Yeah. Part 18. <laughs> oh, part my God. 3.7. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, um, I love taping podcasts with Pete early in the morning when he's particularly craggy. All right. Let's uh, uh, yes. jump back to it because we get a very, very sad sequence of yeah. Sabrina wandering through the wrecks of everything. We see the Spellman Mortuary. It's been completely overgrown. There's Prudence's skeleton. There's Aunt Zelda's skeleton. Salem and Aunt Hilda are both in graves. And I think a lot of this, though as usual, Sabrina doesn't learn her lesson, a lot of this is about setting up the massive stakes for this final episode, but yeah. also teaching Sabrina, at least briefly, the lesson that she needs to be with her family and she needs to be there with her family. Exactly. Um, which I loved. Uh, I love that. It's a, such a subtle thing. Like it's never pointed at. It's just like Sabrina has to walk through this series of tragedies to know what her role should be going forward. Even if it's a mistake she's making. One thing I thought was interesting about this is uh, the weird sisters, Zelda, they're all, their skeletons are right where they died, but someone buried Salem. Like Salem got a grave. Sure. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I assume that was Ambrose, right? Buried uh, 100%. But why didn't Ambrose bury every all of his other friends <laughs> and relatives? Instead, he huh. buries a cat? Uh, I don't know. Well, a cat, maybe it turned back into goblin form or something like that. And you need to bury a goblin? Yeah, you got to bury a goblin. Bury that goblin. You know what I'm talking about. I got you. Yes, that's true. He that does. old uh, wives' tale. Uh, We also get a really fun thing that gets brought back. And if you know and remember what it is, you know exactly what's coming. Uh, If not, there's a good reveal later. But Sabrina very casually looks at the jar that they trapped Batty Bat in last season. And it's like, huh, maybe we'll do something with that for later. I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, the show leaves, every, leaves nothing on the table. Uh, they go hard at every aspect. I can't imagine what they have written on the wall in the writer's room. It just must be like a, a, a red a murder board of like a million things loosely mm-hmm. connected. Yeah, I I love that because it is it, it is an opportunity, as you're saying, to not leave any dangling plot threads. And it gives you hope that they're not going to forget about things. Like if they leave something, for example, we do get a little tease of them, but you know, there was the uh, uh, Prudence's brother and sister that were left in the dollhouse. That seems like it's just kind of a random element in the season, but it's the sort of thing that potentially now it could come back later on in a way that surprises us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then we get uh, the flower zombies. Uh, These are the remains of what's been left because of the flowering of the green man. Uh, It turns out the guardians have followed her. They protect her. At which point Sabrina goes to school. More sadness. Statues everywhere. The pagans froze them. Uh, And Sabrina then goes to the carnival and she sees the green man. She sees corpses and the statues of all of her friends. Uh, and this is the point where we get uh, the bigger stakes. The flower zombies are watering the green man with blood. I don't know As where do. they're. Yeah, it, uh, there's blood factories, right? I think they mentioned that at one point. Yeah, like blood. They're uh, like blood farms. They're bleeding out people, keeping them alive for blood, I guess. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, would you rather be harvested on a blood farm or a flower zombie? Pete? I'd go to a blood farm. Yeah. Flower zombie, because at least you get some exercise, you know? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, I'll stay, stay healthy. Walk around. I mean, the, zombie, the flower zombies, they're just going through. They're probably getting their steps in. Their Fitbits yeah. are lighting up. Yeah. Yeah. They got to be yeah, off the charts. <laughs> but the blood farmer, the blood farm uh, people, they have time to think, mm-hmm. time to right, uh, right. time to believe. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably getting fed really well because you got to make more blood all the time. Exactly, thick, rich blood. You're having like mm. just dessert first, and then um, much like uh, uh, have we talked about this? That how the French do it? Then you have uh, you no, know? <laughs> no, we haven't covered that. Okay, so well, this is important yes, to cover because the French. I believe it. Yes, the typical French meal is you have a nice, healthy slice of cake and then some broccoli. Exactly. And then you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and then you smoke cigarettes. We have a great understanding of different <laughs> cultures. Uh, I love this whole sequence um, because, uh, like we talked about, we learn how just how hard Sabrina failed literally everyone in her life. Yeah, because they see... showed us that, and then she gets to kind of realize it. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. never – no one is ever concerned at all about any, like, uh, apocalypse outside of Greendale. Like, right. They're like, we have yeah. to save – Greendale. It's not, we have to save the world. The only mm. other place on the map is Riverdale and everyone else. Because you're assuming this has conquered the planet. Yeah, probably. It isn't like they're like, we need to go to Washington, D.C. and save the president or anything. Yeah, uh, that would instead, be controversial. Yeah, but Greendale, it's also the, uh, it's, it's the center of everything. So if they save Greendale, save the world. Yes, exactly. Save the cheerleader squad from Greendale. Save the world. Um, exactly. And then I, I also love the sequence because it's literally Sabrina walking around with a trio of random Mortal Kombat characters. Um, Hell yeah. Exploring <laughs> the world. Yes. Uh, so then she does encounter Ambrose. Ambrose finds her. He tells her it's been decades. Uh, he's been hiding in the mines trying to figure out how to fix the end of things. Uh, and this, this was the only thing that rang a little false to me. Where Abrus was like, there's no way of fixing anything. Coincidentally, I grabbed this tie bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that he yeah, no way to fix this, to- but I have this tie bag that you can, you know, go back in time. Yes. And then Sabrina's like, wait a second. What if we use the tie bag to go back yeah. in time and fix it? And Abrus was going like, to He was going to make a time omelet, which yeah. is very tasty. Mm. Uh and instead, Sabrina has the wise choice to use the time. That's timing. what Dr. Manhattan did. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I think the, the excuse here is that he's unable to power it without the unholy regalia, which only Sabrina could find. So logically, it does make sense. But it, it sort of felt there was a little bit of like, I don't know. Ebrus always has solutions to everything. He could have figured out something. But obviously, that's not how they were going mind. with the show. Uh, they also figure out that in order to get it to work, they got to go to the Stone Circle at the Ad- Academy of the Unseen Arts. However, Blackwood and his cronies have taken over the Academy. Uh, so 
He takes the Unholier Gallia, forms a literal morning star for her. They go to the Academy, and there's another neat detail that pays off really well later on that was dropped earlier, that Pesta, one of the hedge witches, poisoned the earth so the flower zombies can come in, and of course that does pay off towards the end of the episode. You, you were going to say something, sure does. Justin? Yeah, uh, well, I thought it was interesting the way Ambrose talks about um, prudence, and they've really been set up as sort of the number one relationship of this show. Uh, you think so? Number well, one? I, this this season, the most like sort of uh, safe up until this the end of this episode, the most safe like true companionship relationship they seem like uh, in love happy um all throughout this season i thought what about theo and robin theo and robin Throbin? hashtag throbin yeah uh, i just think i think throbin is there but we were always like a little stra- ross and harv we were always uh Rar- stressed Rarvey. about uh about um throbin being robin being like bad uh, basically and like abandoning theo and then harvey and ross are it's like does Harvey love Sabrina? All these relationships seem unsafe or like uh, could fracture at any time. Ambrose and Prudence feels like it's smooth sailing. Well, up yeah, until well, the end, you're going to get your heart broken later. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Did you watch the end of the episode, Justin? Yes, uh, I did. But that's why I was so surprised um, at the season progressing this way that the end is just you chapter. Uh, yes, uh, part. The part. chapters are the name of the episodes, Pete. Parts are the half of the season, and season is a collection See, I mean, of the chapters and parts. It's fucking confusing, bro. Well, Keep it to season so everybody can follow along. Yeah, this show would be much easier to follow if they just called it a season. How, Thank you. How about Ambrose's casual smelting ability that we've never gotten into? Hey, whoever smelt it, dealt it. That's what I always say. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's, wow. <laughs> Congrats on the dad joke. Thank you very much. I mean, if he could make sweet-ass weapons like that, why isn't you know everybody more like weaponed up? Well, they don't all have unholy regalia to melt out. So just to jump back that's to it, true. though, they get the Morning Star. They confront Blackwood. He very casually mentions uh, that the Void and other Eldritch Terrors are coming. Uh, he, they get him to smash the jar. He thinks nothing happens. We get a quick scene of him killing Sabrina and Ambrose. Violent. Which, legit, I knew it was the baddie bat thing, but so many people had died already in this episode, in the previous episode, that I was like, I don't know, maybe they are dead. Let's I see almost what stopped it right there. Really? Yeah. Did you keep watching? I did, but okay. it took a lot. Wow. It took a lot out of you. <laughs> You're very yeah. brave, yeah, Pete. Dude. Yeah, so brave. Well, I mean, so many th- horrible things have already happened. I was like, oh, yeah, fucking keep twisting the knife in. Mm. Well, there you go. But it turns out he's actually in a dream state created by Batty Bat. Ambrose and the Guardians spin the stone circle. Sabrina spins the Morning Star around her head, and she goes back in time. Uh, great sequence. Super cool, yeah. super well done, very exciting, uh, very epic. Uh, and when she gets back, the Morning Star is gone, which is interesting, and I think yeah. maybe something to hold on to for later. And then Sabrina starts bamfing all over the place and basically tells them we need to move Zelda. Uh, Blackwood enters to kill them, but Sabrina babs over to her friends, takes them before the pagans could take everyone, at which point Zelda wakes up and says, I've figured out how to save the coven. Where's Ad, Where's Hildy? But Aunt Hilda hasn't woken up yet. She hasn't come out of the cane pit. And then another fantastic sequence where what she figured out through her dream journey through the three phases of the moon is they need to pray to Hecate. Uh, and she prays to Hecate and they wake up Hilda. And it takes a little while, but Hilda does, in fact, wake up. There's a funny shot of her being just kind of standing there a little dirty, having pulled herself out of the grave. And now, finally, everybody's together. Pete, what did you want to say? Uh, uh, They really enjoy playing with our emotions with the, you know, pause before Hilda's hand comes through the dirt, which was extra agonizing, which was sweet. I love some tension. Uh, But also, those giant stones just took... One person to kind of spin around real quick? No, it was Ambrose and all three of the Guardians were spinning around, and they're all supernatural. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool, 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 cool. One of them I is a mustache that... vampire. Yes. 
Yeah, I love how you're stuck on the mustache. I mean, it's that a mustache very nice is wild. mustache. It's a great it is. stash. It's impressive. Yeah. I would think if you're a vampire and you like the mustache is always going to be like crusty with blood. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's just a difficult. You got to comb it out. You got to comb it out, man. Pete, you have a no. beard. How much blood do you regularly have in your beard? Not much. It's usually food, but you just got to comb it out, man. Okay. Comb it out. Is it is it usually like cake and then broccoli, or what order does it fall into your beard? It's usually bro- broccoli, then cake, then broccoli. Oh, double <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> it's a broccoli sandwich. Double brock. Oh, man. Wow. So if you ever see Pete, you can get a full meal right out of his beard. Great. <laughs> if so you ever after see Hilda Pete. wakes up, they very Wait, no, quickly... I have, a, I have one other thing oh, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's up? What's up? I, I love um, the line, thank whoever we're thanking these days, the just casual way they talk about these super high stakes things um very sabrina-esque and i want to call out just like uh zelda in this scene is so it's so well done the acting is so great um we call on ourselves like that whole moment i just i love that favorite yeah. part of the episode zelda wow. overall was fantastic she's yeah she hasn't exactly been sidelined these first couple of episodes but it hasn't focused on her in the same way. And I think a lot of that was holding back for her performance in this episode and everything that happens to her. Now, what do you think for um, uh, Hecate or Hecate? Uh, like, Oh, yeah, Hecate. I, I mispronounced that. Okay, good. Uh, I didn't want to correct you, but... Um, you Never should. fucking correct me. I never would. I never would. <laughs> Always fucking correct him. Um, what do you think Hecate is like... In like God, part of wherever space, and she, all of a sudden the new coven is like, "Hey, we worship you now." Is, is was that like a good thing for Hecate? Is Hecate like I have this new friend? Like a, it's like an email from some new friends who are like, "Whoa, look at I got a new gang." Well, this is a great tee up for our uh, new section of the show, uh, which is called "Spill That Hecate," and here we yes. go. Uh, no, I don't know. She lives inside of the moon, I guess. That's kind of how I pictured it in my head. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Like in the center of the moon, she has a little house. And yeah, it seemed- I feel like it just, wherever she is, it just gives her a little pep in her step, you know? And it seems like she right away juices up the, the coven. It's like, yeah. all yeah. right, let's do this. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll have to see going forward. I guess they are praying to Hecate. Uh, and then they very quickly come up with a bonkers plan where instead of the town eating all the uh, pollinated caramel apples, as I guess what you could call them, they instead decide yep, yep. they're going to put the town to sleep. They also realize the, th- I think, three remaining virgins of the town are Sabrina, Harvey, and Miss Wardwell. Everybody uh, else has gotten their fuck on. Yeah. What a call out. Oh, poor Harvey in front of everybody. <laughs> I know. Then and actually, we'll, they don't even mention Sabrina. As no. a virgin, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. but she, I think she still is. I wonder if that's going to be part of uh, going forward. But I, also, Wardwell, what a what a surprise. Yeah. How do they know that, even? I don't know. This town... Didn't she, didn't she have a fiancé? She did. Maybe she okay. was waiting for marriage. Yeah, exactly. Pete. Cool. She's a good Christian woman, Pete. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Pete, are you waiting for marriage? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> wow, boy. Jeez. Uh, so uh, they do come up with this plan. Uh, nobody has gone to the carnival. Uh, Yo, this is so is funny, pissed. too. The, I love the little fight the carnival people have where they're like, we told them, free caramel apples, and they didn't come. The most, oh, they, that works every time. The most delicious thing we can think of. Yes. Uh, and then there's another fruit. fun scene. So Robin brings them Wardwell. Uh, they're they're like, you betrayed us. And he's like, isn't my, my mission, my whole mission was to look like I'm betraying you. Here's Wardwell. Uh, and then we cut to the pagans eating a bunch of vegetables, I think. Like just raw vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they try to restore the green man with Wardwell, but it was a trick. And it's, in fact, double trick because it wasn't Wardwell. It's Pesta who... Turns all just poisons the entire green man, and then Robin was actually Sabrina, 
and they put Wardwell to sleep. The whole time. And then we just get a killer scene of everybody gathered together, facing off against the pagans. They're like, get the (laughs) fuck out of our town. And then they chase after them anyway and kill them all. Yeah. I was pissed when they were like, yeah, let them go. I was like, they're going to just do that in Riverdale the next town over. So I'm glad they chased them down and murdered them individually. It's great. (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah, this is a great, I love seeing everybody weaponed up. Um, I think it's crazy that in 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 a show that has given us Two Wardwells, Wardwell and Madam Satan, when right. they are putting in a fake Wardwell, they didn't use Madam Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I, that's so that crazy. Worked. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it would be Madam Satan, and that's why I was poisoning. I was like, yeah, they got Madam Satan instead, but I thought it was a great use of uh, you know pesta. Great use of pesta. <laughs> great use of pesta. <laughs> we want to see a little sick cracks going on there, but yeah. all good. Uh, but, who's your favorite hedge witch, Pete? Sycorax, Pesta, where would you rate him? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I like the the, the one with all the kids because she's like the perfect amount of evil, Gorilla? I feel like. She eats yeah. kids? Mm-hmm. Well, the kids eat uh, people. The, the ghost kids <laughs> eat people. So No, I think <laughs> cool. she eats the kids. I think she eats the kids, if I remember correctly. No. Well, either way. You still like her? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow, cool. I've made yeah. my decision. Um, in, you know, in France, can use... I just mention, this is very important that I mention that in France, they always eat the kids before the broccoli. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah you want to clean, cleanse the palate mm-hmm. from uh, so the So we kind of get everybody facing off and uh, just Zelda just being like, you know, the way that they kind of used prudence there was such a badass, cool moment. It's you amazing know, that I, I you really jumped to that, that one first. I, I was going to ask, because we got three sequences. We get to see Harvey wants to kill the Gorgon, but Roz is like, no, let me do it. I have a cutting. And he says, no worries. I have a mirror here. Uh, I just have like one in, mirror. Just like in Clash of the Titans. It doesn't work. Uh, but Roz chops her head off. They make out yeah. and then they take her head where she's like, oh, we may need this one day. Love Great. that detail. Just dropping that in there. Uh, yeah, then we I thought they were going to have sex right in that. Right there. Right, right, right on top yeah, of the Harvey's like, That was super hot. I mean, you saved you, me like Sabrina did. I, I'm so turned on now. Yeah. Well, you can only have one snakehead in that scene at the time. You know what I'm talking about? High five. Oh, Alex, my come God. On. Come on, I think five. we're not going to use your no. audio. No, uh, this time. Um, <laughs> I uh, I love how crazy everyone goes. Like they pass out weapons and everyone loses their minds and oh, starts yeah. murdering people. <laughs> A lot yeah, of pent up tension in Green. Well, the third one is uh, Zelda and Ambrose confront Carcosa. He reveals himself as the great god Pad, uh, but it's just a distraction. Prudence kills him, which is great. But the one that I loved. That was absolutely my favorite is Hilda confronting Cersei, who turned her into a spider person. Jesus. That led to, she thinks, killing Dr. C. And she uses the doll to break Cersei. And the the rage that Lucy Davis brings to that scene was so palpable and so good. That to me, that was the one. It was upsetting. It was definitely. It was so great. It was perfect because she didn't. Kill her right away. It was limb by limb. I mean, the fact that she just like took the time to really do it, make it hurt, was so fantastic. I I was like, it was so much time spent watching her slowly be cur- broken into pieces. Yes. I was just a little bit. Well, I, I, I think it was deserved because Dr. C is her out, right? Dr. C is the thing yep. that gives her happiness. And Cersei took that away from her, or at least she thinks that she yeah. took that away from her. Yeah. So I understand that rage. To me, that felt like the best one-on-one. I mean, granted, Roz killing the Gorgon makes sense, too, because it turned her into a statue, but, you know, she was just a statue for a little bit. Uh, I loved how casually um, Carcosa was packing his little truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's an absolute <laughs> Like, nothing was going, going on. He's like, whoop, okay, got one little thing here, go back for another thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you got to run. Everyone in your little group is being murdered. And he's like, oh, should I bring the, should I get a snack? Or like, maybe, I guess I should just hit the road. Where's, oh, I'll map quest where I'm going. He still uses map quest. 
And uh, <laughs> it was wild. Good sight. Very funny. I do love, I also love that uh, by this point, I didn't check the exact time code, but I think we're only like uh, halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through the episode. And <laughs> they've wrapped up the main conflict by this point. Yeah, there was, I felt the same way. There was like a full 20 minutes after they beat all of the bad guys where we just like checked in with everybody. We remembered uh, a character, I guess, named uh, Dork. Uh, whatever, like we, the one casualty was this one random character. Fuck that you. That was crazy to me that they it was. You're gonna absolutely go back and everything say- except, oh, Dorcas is dead. And it's fucked yeah, up for all, Sabrina not to be like, oh, let me just make sure we sort of sewed up all the <laughs> the death. Yeah. Like, she made sure Melvin was alive. Dorcas, right. forgotten. Yeah, I guess Elsbeth is probably fine. dead as well, right? Elsbeth is dead. Melvin is fine. Dorcas is dead. Agatha is still crazy at the end. So yes. not everything is tied up. Uh, and then, of course, Sabrina... So they've saved Greentail. It's all good. And then Sabrina decides to fuck it up even worse than usual. Uh, she says, oh, I got to head to hell to finish my business. Instead, she heads and interrupts her past self and is like, hey, real quick, don't give Caliban those coins. They very quickly talk about the time loop and everything. And then she says, I have a soup's crazy idea. Yeah. Which... Soup's crazy. Soup's crazy idea. Uh, Why does she think that she can get away with this? It doesn't make any sense. Classic Sabrina. This is Sabrina being like, I will get everything I ever want. If there are problems, we'll deal with it in the future. And that's fine. And of course she does. Like they, They destroyed the entire world with flower zombies and she fixed it. And it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then she broke it again. Right, and, but that's well. She only broke a little clock, which is fine. No, and, she broke time. I mean, you can't. It, it creates a paradox. Like uh, you can't. She's seen Back to the Future. They fucking referenced it. I do love the conversation the past Sabrina and Super uh, Super Sabrina, future Sabrina have, where they talk about past Sabrina still kind of wants to be queen. And future yeah. Sabrina just wants to hang out with her friends and family. And they're like, we could do both things. That's no problem. Yeah, uh, that won't be an issue at all. I love it. So past Sabrina leaves Caliban stuck in Sone and decides to become the queen of hell. Uh, and then we get another brief Ambrose telling the story about how everything was fixed. Uh, Robin decides to stay in Greendale, which is very cute. Aw. Yes. Robin is strong. Rozzy is strong. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Rosy Barrow going on there. Did they bone? Did Harvey lose his oh, V yeah. card? I yep, went to Bone Town. I hope so. If he's still not doing he it. He took his shirt off. Yeah. And yeah. as we've all explained to Pete, that's what sex is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it myself and for marriage, I'll tell you what. Exactly. Uh, that's why Pete's not saving it for marriage, because he's shirtless boning. Yeah. Uh, he's just got a couple of like broccoli stuck there in his chest hair and stuff like that. Uh, and then also the sweetest surprise of the episode, Dr. C wakes up. He's totally fine. Uh, Hilda goes down to say goodbye to him. Turns out he was just webbed up. No problem. Just webbed up. Uh, and then yeah, Dorcas is dead. Agatha with Blackwood. Literally no uh, one And we get a breakup because Prudence is pissed off. As you mentioned earlier, she's pissed at Ambrose for not letting her kill Blackwood back when they were in Scotland. Which I think is fair, right? It's weird to blame him fully for that. They, they were sort yeah. of working together. Yeah, but I think yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I, to it's set understandable. up. Uh, go ahead, Pete. It's, it's understandable because she's upset at the things that have happened and the fact that Dorcas is dead and nobody cares. And I can relate to that anger upset at maybe an ap- episode and the way things went down. So she, uh, you make rash decisions when you're that angry. So that's why she's like, fuck you, I'm out. And then I'm going to uh, go make out with this other bad boy. I mean, I think yeah. all of this, this move here felt to be like a very clear way of setting up uh, hashtag prick for later on for the next Ooh, part, oh right? God. Nice. Prude scratch. Prude scratch. That's probably more tweetable. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, you could tweet and, anything, Alex. 
And you then we that. get another, I, I can tweet literally whatever I want with no repercussions at any point. Uh, so Zelda talks to Madame Mambo about the being the Order of Hecate now. Uh, she does Madame more than Mambo talk. Uh, says, wait, what did she say, Pete? She does more than talk. I know. I'm getting to that in a second. Madame Mambo teases that worse things are coming, so she's going to kind of stick around if there's a reason for her to stick around. And then we get a little smoocherella going on here between yeah. Madame Mambo and Zelda. Madame Zelda is strong. Yes. It's, I, I felt like, I, and I saw a little bit of this bubbling around because obviously we're taping this after the season already aired, but uh, Madame Spellman shippers were such a strong contingent for such a long time. To me, this felt like such an interesting swerve where you're giving a canonically LGBT ship, but it's not the one that people expected or wanted. Yeah. And I felt bad for the Madame Spellman shippers, but loved it anyway. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was definitely surprised by it. I was like, is this? And I was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I love just taking where we obviously lost a character, Dorcas. Um, that sure some people will be sad about, um, but we gained Madame Mambo to the main show. Yeah, yeah. it feels like we it's lost like, a daughter, but gained a mommy. Yeah, <laughs> gained a mambo. <laughs> gained a mambo. Uh, Sabrina then baps back into the Spellman house. Uh, they're not. She says they're not going to cross paths with Hella again. Everything is totally fine. And Ambrose, I loved Ambrose in the last five to ten minutes of this episode because you could just yeah. see his brain breaking all over the place. Yeah. yeah, where Ambrose is like, you know, you're lying, and then he freaks out because of the time paradox and is like, what are you doing? What's going on? There's a weird right. flashback scene that happens in the middle of here that felt a little unnecessary. Because yes. I feel like we already had that information. We hear Soup's crazy again, I believe. I mean, that's the important part. And, but well, I, I'm they, actually opening. I'm opening up a, a lunch restaurant called Soup's Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to uh, be like a lot of hot soups, very French gazpachos uh, oh, nice. in the summer, like really crazy soups. Oh, that's a, wow. that does sound crazy. Can I have dessert first at your restaurant? Yes, I do a lot of dessert soups, uh, which are really <laughs> good. Really good. Cake soup. Yeah. Cake you know, soup. dessert soup is just melted ice cream. No, well, don't uh, give away my recipe, Pete. So while this is going old on, ice cream. Uh, we're getting a bunch of scenes of Sabrina getting coronated in hell. Uh, we've now separated the way to make the distinction. We got Sabrina Morningstar, who is down in hell. And we got Sabrina Spellman, who is up on Earth. Uh, Sabrina Spellman thinks it's no biggie. They'll just figure it out. Uh, and while they're sitting around at the table, uh, they say sometimes the cosmos sorts itself out, at which point the cuckoo clock falls off the wall, which is now so that great. Is a, it it so just great. dies. That's a Banshee-level omen of bad things yes. coming. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how did your Banshee work out that you guys love so much? Oh, it wasn't relevant at all. Cool. Oh, we, glad we you had missed it. entirely the point of what we were saying about that Banshee, Pete. <laughs> Definitely. We weren't expecting Banshee, the Banshee to join the cast as like the wacky neighbor. When will that Banshee quiet down? Yeah, the Banshee is the Kramer of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think. A million percent. Yes. And you're so, trying to uh, make get the, the coronation scene. Uh, let's talk about the coronation scene. What do you think about that? Because we get the slow like Mary Antoinetting up. Of Sabrina Boardingstar. She goes in front of all of hell. She loves it. Absolutely loves it. Lilith is coronating her the entire time. So lots of stuff going on there. Uh, actually, we'll come back to that in a second. And the last bit is Blackwood is back at the, I believe, the same slab where they used to do the signing yeah. of the Black Book. Yeah. He hatches the egg. Prudence's siblings are there. Agatha is there. There's horrible screaming. The egg hatch. Uh, and Agatha says, what is it? Uh, and he says, the beginning of the end, Agatha, the end of the Spellmans and the end of all things. And he cackles as he has in the season. So lots of stuff left off. Not for season. Part four. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a chapter. What is bitch. it? You son yeah. of a bitch. Part. It's a I'll part. I'll kill you. 
I will uh, take well, the you're broccoli wrong. right you're out of your You're saying the wrong beard. thing, so I have to correct you just like you would do me all the fucking time. Hecate. Uh, I, lot, if, that, if there wasn't enough on the table set up for the next part, they just let this time, hatch time egg. So what is the beast that comes out of that? I mean, I think this is going to tie back to, I, I know it was a dream thing, but there was that fortune teller episode of the last part where Harvey went to art school and the guy who was not Dr. Crudel Jr. was there. He had oh, yeah. a very Lovecraftian portal to another dimension going on. And I know Roberto Agrascasa has said that he loves the whole Lovecraft Cthulhu mythos. So I I think we're going to lead in there. I, I believe the tease is that we're going to see nightmares coming for everybody individually. So it's going to give it almost these episodic structure as we go. Um, cool. But what I'm curious about is how that's going to mix with Sabrina Morningstar, the new status quo in hell, whether we're going to see heaven come into the mix. And then beyond that, like if you bring in Cthulhu, Eldritch terrors, other dimensional horrors, what does that leave for a potential part five and part six? Because they're just yeah. amping it up insanely at this point. 100%. Uh, and especially, like, once you introduce time travel, and because it's a hatched time egg for next season, it feels like time travel is going to be going, going to be part of the show going forward. I'm curious what the next move after that is. You don't see a lot of shows that do time travel, and they're like, all right, on to the next thing. Right. Um, so very curious. I think the, the beast that comes out of the time egg is a time eater. Mm. So I think that's where we're going to get um, uh, uh, like displaced time and a lot of like taking pieces of time from the past and future and presenting those to people as the nightmares that you mentioned. Interesting. What about you, Pete? What are your theories for the next well, eight it episodes? Like, it looked like uh, it was like a little baby Godzilla. So I'm hoping that Godzilla gets released on uh, Greendale. Oh, I Smashes thought you were going to say those two story houses. I hope mm-hmm. Godzilla yep. gets released on Blu-ray. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hope the Matthew Broderick Godzilla is coming out soon. Everyone's favorite take on the character. Um, My big theory, I think, I think we're going to see a little uh, playing around with the ships some more. I think we're going to see Sabrina Morningstar maybe hooking up with Caliban now mm. that he's back. And Sabrina Spellman, I'm curious about because Roz and Harvey seem pretty strong. I thought we were heading in the direction of uh, Sabrina and Harvey getting back together. I think we might still play with that a bit, Um, but I don't know. I I think we're going to see a lot of shifting of the ships as we go forward through the next couple of episodes. Agreed. I think we're going to get a love triangle between Sabrina, Hell Sabrina, Earth Sabrina, and Harvey. Wait, what? Do you think, oh, I see what you're saying. Not like Sabrina Morningstar and Sabrina Spellman are going to hook up. That's not what I'm saying. I think Great. I think uh, <laughs> the two Sabrinas will compete. Sabrina Morningstar will go after Harvey, I think. I think the, the, next, the next part is going to be all about the mistake of creating a double, and Hell Sabrina is going to become more evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the battle at the end of the season will be Sabrina versus Sabrina with Sabrina Spellman having to go to heaven to take on Sabrina Morningstar in hell. Ooh, I like that a lot. And I think it really emphasizes what they've set up as the main conflict here is her family versus her obligations. And ultimately, the right choice that you always make is choosing her family and protecting them. Um, but we'll have to see how it comes around to that. Pete, I any final theories? Oh, yeah. One Justin. last thing, I think, for all you Dorcas heads out there, I guess just the two of you, the only other fans I've uh, heard, heard or met. Um, I yeah, bet the you meetings Dorcas are great, will, by the way. The meetings? I would love. Uh, for Dorcas Dish, yeah. Yeah. What are the dishes you pass around at Dorcas Dish? Uh, it's mostly a bunch of broccoli and cake. Nice. <laughs> Checks out. Um, I think Dorcas will end up in hell with Sabrina Morningstar. Ooh. Ooh. Come back. That would be that would be nice. That would make me very happy if we could not have Dorcas be gone forever. Let's wrap this up talking about which witch reigns supreme for these eight episodes. Not just this episode, but all eight episodes. Which witch reigns supreme, Pete? Well, you can't 
you just kind of like we're gonna oh for this episode and then you took it away and said the whole fucking thing. Sure. So what, like, how about this? Can we do, do this two, episode do, and then the whole part? How about thank that? you? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ, this episode Jesus. happened. We can't just ignore it, even though I'd like to. <laughs> so um, Hilda for this episode for her doll work, mwah, just absolutely beautiful. And for the whole eight episodes, for the whole part. I'm going to have to say Zelda, uh, that woman is powerful and just a treasure to watch. I nice. really hoped you were going to, after making such a fuss, we're going to say Hilda for this episode and Hilda for this part. <laughs> I love Hilda. <laughs> um, Justin, what about you? I'm going to go, uh, I only need one answer. Um, Zelda, uh, all day, er day. I think Zelda this episode was such a strong point and really defined the coven. Uh, it was a great scene um, acting-wise. Uh, that moment when she um, brought all the, the witches to Hecate. And I also think um, for, throughout the season, I loved her arc where she, it, she was so unsettled at the top of the season, like in full-on free it's fall. We didn't get a lot of time with her. And slowly, the journey that she went on was uh, really... Really exciting, uh, the whole the whole part. I'm I'm gonna agree with you on Zelda. Just the the Hecate praying scene, like you said, was my absolute favorite scene in this episode, which had a lot of great scenes. Uh, I loved the move of having a new Madame Spellman that was different than the one we expected, and Miranda Otto was just great across the board. So emotional, so fun, so good, and it was nice to see her just less loose in this episode. For the whole part, though, I'm gonna have to give it to Dorcas. I think. Because she just had a wonderful arc over the course of the eight episodes, came in strong. It ultimately ended in tragedy, classic Shakespearean arc, and they just paid it off beautifully. Can't wait to see her come back in the next one and really save everybody. I think that's just going to be great. Would you call it an arc or more like a line segment? Yeah, I mean, you know. Like, like could, a little yeah, could you actually using the uh, classic narrative uh-huh. um, discourse break down Dorcas's arc? Well, I think Joseph Campbell uh, broke it down best for what happened with Dorcas as the hero's uh, journey, of course. The hero's journey, yes. Uh, where she, I believe right now she is at the point that is called the refusal of the call, and in this case, she is refusing it by being dead. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, she'll come back. She'll come back and she'll save everybody. I've forgotten every other part of the motto myth. All right. We're going to wrap this up here. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Dorcas exclusively. A couple of places you can follow us socially. We got Riverdale channels, not Sabrina channels, but we chat about Sabrina there. Riverdale Dark on Twitter. Riverdale After on Instagram. Riverdale After dark on facebook also itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe to our show and please do comment on itunes that helps us out a lot comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more and we are done with this part we will be back with part four whenever that drops so stay tuned for that and thank you we will see all of you witches next time good night witches